0: it's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, Jackie Jackie DeAngelis. DeAngelis.
1: You're never going to save any money to invest if you're bogged down in debt.
0: And Jonathan Honig. Honig. Credit card debt paid down as well. That's a huge achievement for many, many Americans and I think a great place to start. Come together to share their top five five investing investing tips for dummies. dummies. Here are this week's hosts, Jackie and Jonathan.
1: Welcome to Fox Top 5. I'm Jackie DeAngelis, financial correspondent for Fox News and Fox Business Network. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan Honig, founding member of the Capitalist Big Hedge Fund and a Fox News contributor. Um, Jonathan, good afternoon. It's great to be speaking to you.
0: Great to be with you, Jackie, and so much to talk about in the world of finance and, and- I couldn't, hard to make it just top five, but I've got top five great money making ideas today.
1: All right. I love that because this is a tough time, right? There are so many investors right now that are confused. They are reading the headlines, they don't know what's necessarily happening with the economy. It kind of feels like a time of change and what they should be bracing for. So I think people, especially young people who are getting started, probably feel maybe a little vulnerable or, or nervous as they're trying to get into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as they always say, Jackie, the market hates uncertainty. And there's so much uncertainty, even now as the pandemic appears to be coming to an end. Thankfully, uh, when it comes to Washington, when it comes to Wall Street, a lot of unknowns when it comes to managing your portfolio. And it doesn't matter if you've got you know a hundred dollars or a million dollars. You you've still got to make these very t- tough decisions about yeah. how to allocate, where to start, and 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 what to do.
1: And, and that is the most interesting thing for me as I've lived through these cycles and covered them as a journalist. For example, I've never seen so much inflation talk as we're seeing now and and that the buying power, you know, the value of the dollar may not be what it once was. And that's why it's even more important to be investing and earning a good return on your money, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely, Jackie. You, you know, you talk about inflation. That's something that basically, unless you were alive and investing back in the 1970s or early Right. <laughs> right you've really never seen it before you've really never experienced it you've never lived through it before so that's a, one of the innumerable question marks on investors mind these days you know another one i'll just throw out too is is technology. You know, over the pandemic, we've all been thankfully being able to use all the high tech advancements and all the online advancements to help us get through work and life. But you know, now those same companies are kind of public enemy number one for legislators on both sides of the aisle. So they're interesting plays and potentially pretty uh, some problem areas, too, as the year goes on.
1: Mm. Okay, well, this is how it works. Let me just explain it to everyone. Every week on this podcast um, that Fox hosts, reporters and personalities, they get together, they share their top five on any given topic. So there are two ways to make money in this world. As we know, you can earn an income and invest your assets. um, That will increase in value over time. Whether you're investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or even cryptocurrencies, for example, the objective, of course, is to generate cold, hard cash. Um, It's much easier said than done. And there are a lot of people out there that just don't know how to invest. So, Jonathan, we're going to talk about our each of our sort of top five investing strategies, um, and we're going to start from we're going to do it like David Letterman style, like it's countdown, right? So, starting from five and going all the way down to to one to your best um, your best tip. And I think it's going to be interesting because I think you and I are going to have different approaches to this. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Let's. Let, I'm happy to get started. Number five.
1: All right, so I'm gonna start with you. Start with your number five and then we'll go from there.
0: Well, my number five is start with savings. You know, Jackie, it's it's totally unromantic and uh, uh, unsexy, you know, to talk about savings. But, you know, that has to be the first step for anyone's financial program. Um, And and, you know, we always talk about the emergency fund. That's three to six months worth of living expenses put in the bank. Needless to say, all your credit card debt paid down as well. That's a huge achievement for many, many Americans. And I think a great place to start. You know, there's no use in trying to make 12 percent in the market when you're giving away 18% of visa every month. So start with savings, pay down your credit card debt, get that emergency fund, and that's, your, that's my number one in terms of top five for your finance, for your finance.
1: Okay, so you and I are on the same page and I can't believe it, but that was, that was the same thing. The way that I've lived my life has been completely debt so even if I had some student loan debt, I prioritized it. I paid it off. But you're right. I never paid Visa. I still don't do do it till this day. You know, what my parents taught me at home was that if you didn't have the money in your pocket or at the end of the month to pay the Visa card bill, you can't afford that item. It's OK to save for things over a long period of time if they're aspirational things that you want, but you don't go buy the flat screen if you really can't afford it. And so that becomes like the number one, I think, issue because you're never going to save any money to invest if you're bogged down in debt, and there are certain debt that, of course, we can't avoid. Like I mentioned, student loans. So you try to prioritize that and work through it, but you certainly don't want to ever add to your debt burden. And I think that's the biggest mistake that I see people making. Um, Again, if you can't save some money um, from whatever your salary is or whatever you're doing, you're not going to be able to invest for your future.
0: You know, Jackie, that's that's spot on the money. You you said it better than I ever could. And you know, if nothing else, there's a psychological ballast there. I mean, when you're always worrying. Trying to keep up with the debt collector. I mean, it's it's hard even to be able to think straight when it comes to your own best asset, which is your ability to make money uh, in, in your job. So you're yeah. absolutely right. Pay down that debt first. It's the great, uh, it's exactly the way to start when it comes to getting your finances in order. Yeah,
1: and I'll just remind everyone too. Last point on debt that it it snowballs, and once you start getting into that, like under you know under that car, like a proverbial car is over you and trying to lift it, it becomes like harder and harder. So my best advice would be just just don't go down the debt Road, you know, um, to to start if you can avoid it. And again, certain amounts of debt or types of debt can't be avoided, but you can pay them down and and be smart about it.
0: Number four.
1: All right, let's move to your number four.
0: All right, well, this one is probably a little more controversial, Jackie. And this is my advice after trading on the floor of the Board of Trade for a number of years and now as a private investor for over 20 years. Don't buy the dips. It sounds a little, again, wacky because we're so used to wanting a bargain. You know, we always say, if I like it at 50, I should love it at 40 and love it at 30. In my experience, very often, Jackie, that weakness can be the beginning of a change of trend. Uh, And when you're buying a dip, you're allocating more money at exactly the wrong time, exactly when the market is showing its weakness. So, uh, you know, this is a controversial topic, but I'm against buying the dips. I think you actually want to buy on the way up, not on the way down. Uh, That's where I see. People lose the most money, Jackie. Not that they have a bad stock investment; they make a bad Mm. pick. But to compound the error by buying it all the way down.
1: Okay, I'm going to step back. And we're, so like now we're sort of diverging within our strategies. And, and I think that's great advice that you're, you're giving folks. But um, my number four was more about, you know, to speak to how we were talking about number five, no debt and savings. What do you do? The first thing that you could do, in my opinion, the first thing I started doing when I got a job was I started investing in my 401k. Your paycheck may be small when you're starting, and you may feel like you need all of that money to live. But you've got to find a way to do like four savings and having the pre-tax dollars come out of your paycheck. You won't even miss them. Whatever it is, if you have to start with $50, then start there. If your company offers that program, you want to take advantage of it. It's for savings. They may even offer a match and you are investing pre-tax dollars um, in a fund that they probably will give you a bunch of different mutual funds or whatever it is that you can choose from products that you can choose from to try to invest in the long term. So I'm going to go with the first thing every single person should do if they're employed and have the opportunity start with that 401k.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially Jackie, some companies are matching or basically, mm-hmm. you know free money when it comes to that four hundred and one k. And you you raised a great point. There's an old saying that it's not timing the market, mm-hmm. it's time in. The market, Mm -hmm. so I think you're spot on, especially when you're talking about a a young investor or someone first getting that first job.
1: It's all about compounded interest, right? It's pre-tax dollars. It goes in the 401k. You invest it in the market. You're thinking long-term. You know you're not going to touch it for a while. And and you try to pick some, you know, you diversify the funds that you choose and you just, you let it sit there and you let the money work for you. And because it's pre-tax dollars, the compounded interest on that over the course of, you know, 20 years is it adds up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about knowing your own context as well, Jackie. As you said, when you're in your 20s and 30s and have that type of time horizon, uh, it's a good time to take some risk, in my opinion, because you have time working on your side. At the same time, when you're in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, perhaps there's not that long of a time horizon, at least when it comes to getting access to your money, your tolerance goes down, and so should your stock investments at that time. But you're right, if you've got long-term, let the market work for you. Number three.
1: Let's talk about your number
0: three. Well, it's actually uh, has to do with time. and That is in terms of diversification by time. You know, Jackie, we always hear about diversification. You always think about, well, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you buy some large cap stocks, small cap stocks. Well, my two cents is diversify by time as well. You know, every day the market gives us a little bit more information about just what's going on. What's leading, what's lagging, what sectors are working, what sectors aren't. What often happens is that people get a lump sum and you know they invest almost like a very a time capsule they put it all in on january 5th and then three years later they say, well this so my thought is if you have that lump sum to invest invest it over time a month three months six months because every day we get learn a little bit more about what's happening what developments are occurring in the market in the economy so don't make investing a one-time-a-year opportunity and diversify by time just as you've diversified by company
1: so interesting. So we have the same buzzword for number three, which is diversification, but you're talking about doing it by time, which I totally agree with. And I'm gonna talk about thinking about doing it by asset class too. So how I started when I you know, first got that job, paid down the student loan debt, put some money, you know, started getting the 401k machine rolling. And then I started thinking about what my goals were in life. I'm a little less risk averse than most people. Um, you know, especially when I was younger, I sort of felt like I didn't know enough about the stock market to just dive into it. So I thought, okay, well, I've got these mutual funds in my 401k. I'm going to keep saving my money. So we go back to 0.5. Um, I'd like to maybe have a real estate asset at some point. I'm going to start a slush fund for a down payment. And then my third slush fund, I sort of broke my money up into thirds and said, my third slash fund will be for, you know, investing in stocks um, and investing in the market when I'm ready. And I kind of felt like that was a good way to go because the mutual funds were safe, but you were going to get the compounded return. You know, real estate investments, they've, they've changed over time with respect to how much you can make in the real estate market, but it's never a bad idea. And it always made me feel good to try to own something myself, like I was accomplishing something. And then I kind of rolled up my sleeves and said, okay, now it's time to like take that plunge and Pick some stocks.
0: I'm so impressed, Jackie. When mean, you have what most people never have, which is a plan, a long-term, yes. achievable <laughs> plan. Jesse Livermore, the famous stock investor, has a, a great line that more pe- people put more money into the, the mid-sized car than they do into most of their entire investments. In effect, you know, uh, tens of thousands or get hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stock investments. But you had mm-hmm. exactly what most people don't have a long-term, long-range, conservative plan so that even if you can't pick the exact bottom of the market or tie it precisely, uh, it can work for you over time and, and you can achieve a plan that works. So huzzah to you, bravo to you.
1: I love that. Thank you for putting like a bow on it and kind of actually, that's, that's what you're right. It's a life plan and everybody needs one and you can't start thinking early enough, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so true. And people, when you think about it, oftentimes they get out of college and still can't even balance a checkbook or keep yeah. it in a credit limit on their credit card. And You know, that's a pox on our educational system. I think it's one of the reasons why I know at Fox Business we do so much to try to, you know, speak to Main Street, if you will. Wall Street and the stock market investing, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It really isn't. But there's some right. basic ideas and concepts you have to understand, and that's basically what we try to do. The countdown continues after this. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at Foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Number two. All
1: right, let's go to your number two.
0: Sure, My number two is a little more sophisticated, and that is to look off the beaten path. You know, we we live in, despite all the regulation, Jack, it's kind of an amazing era in stock market investing now. I mean, not only is it commission-free, remember we used to pay mm-hmm. $20, $30, $50, but there's all types of different new types of opportunities. Commodities, for example, volatility, international stocks. So you mentioned inflation a little bit earlier in our conversation. You know, some of the best performing funds this year have been funds linked to physical commodities things like corn or oil or or gold or platinum so look in those type of off-the-radar screen areas and this kind of goes into what you said as well about diversifying by asset class you know if you just own microsoft amazon and facebook you're really not that diversified but if you throw some commodities in there as well that really rounds out your pie
1: I love that because that's kind of where I'm going with my thing too. For number two, now I, you know, I told you you shouldn't have any debt or you should pay down the debt that you have and not create more. You should be saving money. You should be putting money in the 401k. Then you should create your buckets, right? Your asset classes. And one of them is going to be for, for equities that aren't mutual funds. So the way I took my, my little, my third bucket there and invested in the stock market was uh, the Warren Buffett school of thought. I had a hard time with some of the tech stocks, but what I did was I tried to pick and do research of, you know, Five stocks that I knew that I understood in different sectors. Right, so I covered energy for a long time. That wasn't really difficult for me. Um, when it came to technology, there were certain platforms that I used more than others, and so it was easier for me to understand um, Facebook, for example, than it would be for me to understand Tesla because I'm not really like a car person. Although there's an energy component to you know component to that. But having said that, you know, pick five sectors, do your homework in each, and pick one stock in each that you you know are sort of attached to that you you believe is a good investment that's a blue chip company that has you know that has shown you that it's a business model that's here to stay even if it is a Facebook and it's it's been emerging um, and that's like a good way to kind of get started but i love his his very simple invest in what you know invest in what you understand because um, you'll do better that way
0: Absolutely. And spread it around, as you said. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number one. one.
1: Okay. Um, I've got my number one. I'm ready. You go ahead first.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, this is probably the, one of the more difficult things. It's my number one in terms of my top five investment tips. And that is to let the winners run. You know, the old is mm. Jackie, is cut the losers and let the winners run. It's often very difficult because, you know, you buy a stock at 50, it goes to 55. You think, oh, I've got, you know, $500 in my pocket. What can I buy with $500? But, you know, that's often the most difficult thing is to hang on to that winner. Think about it. The market's saying you're on the right track. People are buying it at that point at 55, thinking it's going to 70. So uh, the waiting is the hardest part to borrow a line from Tom Petty. (laughs) When you have have a winner on, you really want to try to let it run because that's where the real profits are made.
1: Okay. And I'm going to add to that because my number one is a little different, but I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying and just add that when you um, are looking at your 401k, for example, too, and you've chosen these mutual funds, you're going to over 20 or 40 years, whatever it is, we're talking about a young investor, say, getting started, ride out a lot of different cycles in the market. And, and you're saying pick a winner and let it run with stocks. And I'm saying um, in the 401k bucket, you know, put the money in and just and leave it there. The, um, the experts will always tell you if you get a downturn cycle and you all of a sudden look at the numbers and you feel like, oh, my God, I've like lost all this money in my 401k. That is not the time to liquidate it. That is the time to leave it and let it rebound and come back. I think that's an important point.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the statistics, Jackie, and it's it's frustrating. But, you know, most people bought into those growth stock mutual funds in, in March of 2000, right, when the Nasdaq hit its height and most people exited those same funds somewhere around 2011 and 2012 and 2013, exactly when the market was beating its rebound. So it's tough to think long term when, you know, the headlines are changing from minute to minute, but if Mm. you're that young investor, that's exactly the perspective you should have.
1: All right my last one and my number one would be um calculated risk it's a principle that's always driven um any decision that i've made in my life even in my career in my personal life Um, but it also comes to my investing life too and so i talked about um, a long-term plan i talked about savings i talked about diversification of assets i talked about thinking about the long term i think i i have a pretty good view on this once you've invested in some equities that you're comfortable with in that third bucket, I feel like there's always room to take a calculated risk, to try something that you don't know that much about, something that is emerging, right? Because you, you, if you would have bought Amazon when um, you know the company IPO'd, you would be retired now. Um, you know, the same can be said for a lot of other things. So maybe it's, maybe it's crypto, maybe it's, and you just take a small piece and and bite off a little, you know, a little piece of that so that if something all of a sudden takes off or you make it big, you had a portion in your portfolio that was a little riskier, could offer a little bit more return. But if for some reason it doesn't work out, it's not going to wipe you out either.
0: I, that's exactly right, I mean, Jackie. It comes down to uh, appropriate position size. I mean, right. most people, that's the problem. It's not that they take a risk, but that they bet the farm. And when it mm. comes to stocks, so often we in our jobs and our lives, it's not inside information, but it's unique information. Maybe there's a the technology that a friend of ours is really hot on or that we're using in our own workplaces or a company, you know, Peter Lynch used to go and drive and see the cars uh, parked outside Walmart and Costco to get a sense of, so as you said, look into your own life, try to get a stock you have a good feel for for the research and take a risk, but an appropriate risk. Don't bet the farm.
1: Love that. Don't bet the farm. That's exactly right. And always, I'll go back to do your homework. You know, um, you can't emphasize how important it is to be reading, To whether it's reading the Wall Street Journal every day, staying on top of politics, all of these things, politics and money are actually more intertwined than they ever have been, I would say. And so, you know, ha- having a good sense of what's going on in the world and what's happening will help you manage your investments um, as well. And I, you know, I always say it's like anything else. Do your homework. And, and you'll be more confident and you'll be better at what you, you do.
0: Absolutely. And, and more profitable as well. Yeah. So th- thank you, Jackie. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top five. You've been listening to Fox Top 5 on the Fox News Podcast Network.